Well, good morning. And he is risen. He is risen indeed. Um, it is a fact that Peeps is the worst candy in the world. It's not an opinion. Um, <laughs> Uh, what, um, and what a, what a, yeah, when Carolyn said the cuteness factor, it was turned up with those, uh, with those kids. Did you see the way Autumn um, responded to the Twix? Uh, just, I don't understand that, so, but uh, Twix is a, it's a really good candy, right? All right. Um, peeps are better. Security, security, please. <laughs> Thanks, Alyssa, <laughs> for messing up the message, all right? Um, listen, today is, in fact, as we mentioned before, the most important day on the Christian calendar. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, then all that we're doing, all that we talk about, the songs that we just um, we just did and saying it means absolutely nothing. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, then our faith is futile. We are still in our sins, as Paul says. But the truth is that Jesus did rise from the dead, and we are here to celebrate that fact. We are here to proclaim and declare he is risen, he is risen indeed. Now, we, we have to do something with this particular fact. I, I do want to, um, when we talk about fact and fiction, fact and opinion, um, I, I want to give us a little bit of a fact or fiction assessment or quiz. So I want you to tell me if this is fact or fiction. A snake milker is an actual job. Fact or fiction? Fact, it is. Now, snakes, we're not milking snakes where they are getting the venom from the snakes. How about this one? Lightning never strikes in the same place twice. Fact or fiction? It's actually fiction. Ask the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building, at least 25 times a year, is struck by lightning. How about this one? McDonald's introduced the drive through service due to the military. Fact or fiction? Fact. You think it's a fact? It is actually a fact. In 1975, there, were, um, there was an ordinance that said the military, um, the men and women in their fatigues, could not get out of their car. They could not be in public. And so one of the managers at a local McDonald's in Arizona, he actually cut a hole in the side of the McDonald's so that servicemen and women could drive up without getting out of the car to get their food. It is actually a fact. Thank you for your service. <laughs> How about this one? Your eyes can always see your nose, but your brain ignores it. Fact or fiction? It actually is a fact. Your nose is always in view. Your brain tells you that you can't see it. How about this one? 
Cows hate country music. Fact or fiction? It is actually a fact. They've done research and they found out over a period of time that cows actually like music. But when they, <laughs> when they played classical music, the cows actually gave more milk. But when they played country music, they gave considerably less milk. When the, see, I knew it. I knew that just start playing hip-hop for the cows and a lot of music. That's interesting. I just, that, that's an interesting uh, fact. Here, here's another one. Well, fact or fiction. A man was, uh, was once charged with a felony after it had been revealed that he had stolen his co-worker's lunch for two years straight. Fact or fiction. Fact or fiction? It's actually fiction. All right, it's actually fiction. <laughs> well, if I told you and asked the question, did Jesus rise from the dead? And there would be a lot of people who would say fiction. That how dare you believe in something like that? And yet there would be many who would say it's, it's a fact. Fact or fiction? This is an important question for us to answer. I think it's important for every single person in this room to come face to face with this question. And the reason why is because the resurrection of Jesus is the hinge point of literally everything we believe about Christianity. Everything we believe about God. Everything we believe about Jesus it actually rests on whether Jesus was raised from the dead. Easter, Resurrection Weekend, is in fact, as I mentioned, the most important day on the Christian calendar, on the calendar. Now, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then there's no reason for us to believe anything about him. His birth, his life, his sinless life, his death and burial, and his resurrection. There's no reason for us to believe anything about him, and there would be no reason for us to read the Bible. There would be no reason for us to pray. But let's work that backwards. If Jesus, if in fact, was raised from the dead, then we have to admit that he actually lived. And if we say that he actually lived, or what well, we have to say that he actually died, and if he actually died, he actually lived, and he, if he actually lived, then he was actually born. You see, everything, my friends, rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know we are here today because it's typically what we do on Easter weekend. And yet, there's something deeper that resonates. There's something deeper happening in the human heart. We come and we hear the message. And I want to remind us, for those who are already followers of Jesus and for those who are not yet followers of Jesus, whether in the room or whether you're watching online, listen, it really matters what we do with the resurrection of Jesus. It really matters. 
And there are individuals who have been trying to explain away the resurrection. John Dominic Crossens, who was a part of the Jesus Seminar. And the Jesus Seminar is a group of individuals trying to disprove the life of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. This is what he says. Jesus' corpse went the way of all abandoned criminals, their, their bodies. It was probably barely covered with dirt, vulnerable to the wild dogs that roamed the wasteland of the execution grounds. Now, if this is the case, that Jesus' body could be just simply found, then disciples and others who followed Jesus should have just been able to say, here is his body, there it is. But they did not because... They truly believe that Jesus rose from the dead. There are several theories. There are several fake news stories that were in circulation during the time of Jesus and even beyond in the 18th and 19th and 20th centuries. One of those theories, I'm going to share a few of them. There are a number of them, but I'm going to share a few of them. One of them is called the swoon theory. And the swoon theory is the belief that Jesus never died. He never died on the cross. Rather, he merely passed out and appeared to have died. And then when they placed him in the tomb, the coolness of the tomb revived him and resuscitated him. And he was then presented or he appeared before the disciples. This was something that became uh, true or at least was propagated in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. Now, the reality of this is that it's kind of hard to believe because, because if, if you know a little bit, if you were here on Friday, we talked a little bit about crucifixion and how the Romans, not they didn't invent crucifixion, but they did perfect crucifixion and the agony and the torture and the punishment and the pain that a person went through, that Jesus went through, there would be no way that he would be able to survive it without dying. They pierced his side and they nailed his hands and they nailed his feet. And the Romans knew how to kill people. And they killed him and he died. They placed him in a grave. And, and let's, let's say for uh, just for the sake of argument, if they placed him in a grave and he was resuscitated by the coolness and the dampness of the, of the, of the tomb, he would have had to throw off all of the hundreds of pounds of spices that they wrapped him in. He would have had to take off all of the linen. He, he would have to actually remove the 2,000-pound stone that was placed in front of the tomb and then leave the tomb and say, hey, follow me. It's kind of hard to believe after being defleshed after being whipped, after being scourged, after going through excruciating pain, he comes out of the tomb in power. Well, that, that doesn't make sense if he just appeared to have died. Another theory is the stolen body theory, and that is that the disciples actually stole Jesus' body that they went out and then lied about his resurrection. And then ultimately, uh, all of them, with the exception of one, was martyred because they believed a lie. 
It's kind of hard to believe because the disciples at the crucifixion, they actually, they actually scattered. They were afraid. They were ashamed of Jesus. In an honor and shame culture, they were ashamed of him. And you mean to tell me they're going to come back and they're going to fight the Roman guards and they're going to unseal the tomb and steal his body hard to believe. Another theory that uh, was, uh, was popularized later on, which is the hallucination theory. That is, somehow that the disciples hallucinated that Jesus was alive and somehow they were smoking that ooh-wee and, um, and, 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 and taking some mind-altering substance. And they hallucinated that Jesus was alive. And Jesus appeared to a number of people uh, totaling over 500 people. And Paul says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that he appeared to over 500 people at the same time. Now I would understand if one person hallucinated, maybe even two or three, but 500 people at the same time hallucinating the same thing? Hard to believe. And then there's the Muslim theory. The Muslim theory is, the, uh, is that where Orthodox Muslims believe that Jesus was never crucified. Therefore, there was no need for resurrection. In fact, they say that Jesus never died on the cross. Rather, God made someone else, Allah made someone else who looked like Jesus to die and that person was crucified, and they believed that Jesus was taken by God without him ever having to die. It's the Muslim theory, still believed to this day. And Jehovah's Witness theory, still believed to this day, they believe, Jehovah's Witnesses believe, they contend that Jesus was actually created, um, created originally to be Michael the archangel. And him being the archangel, he actually, during his, uh, his earthly ministry, Jesus became human. And we talked about that last week, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. 100% God, 100% man. He was not created. And then somehow, after he was crucified, he was recreated to be an immaterial being. And so... And, and somehow, at that point, God destroys his physical body, so there was no need for a bodily resurrection. So these are some of the theories that have been out there. These are some of the things that uh, people believe about the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, then, as I mentioned before, our faith is futile. We are still in our sins. The preaching that we do is in vain. The Bibles that we read are in vain. The church that we, services that we come to makes no difference if Jesus is not raised from the dead. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. But in fact, not in fiction, not in myth, not a figment of our imagination, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. So I want to talk about it several ways we can believe or if a, if, a belie if a non-believer ever asks you, if someone who is a not yet Jesus follower ever asks you, why do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus? You mean to tell me you still believe that? 
You are smart. You have a PhD. You have a master's degree. You have a bachelor's degree. You are smart. This is the 21st century, and no human being that's smart don't believe in stuff like that. We, we live in a university town, right? And there are individuals who would challenge what we believe in terms of the resurrection. How do we know? Can, can you tell your friends and your coworkers and your, 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 your family members, here are the reasons why I believe in the resurrection of Jesus. The first is prophecies confirm the resurrection of Jesus. Prophecies confirm the resurrection of Jesus. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 3 and 4. Uh, be on, the verses will be on the screen. It says, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received. So Paul is actually saying the resurrection, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus was already in circulation way before he became a believer. This was something that the early church believed. What, uh, he says, uh, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. The scriptures that Paul had at this point, they were more than likely Old Testament or Hebrew scriptures. Verse 4, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And so, so when we look back at the Old Testament, when we look back at the Hebrew scriptures, we can actually see the prediction, the prophecy of Jesus' death, not only, his, not only his birth and his life, but his death as well as his resurrection. Here is one. I'm going to give you two passages. Here's Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 and 11. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him, talking about the crucifixion. He has put on him, he has put him to grief, the crucifixion. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, crucifixion, he shall see his offering, he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. And then verse 11, out of the anguish, out of the pain of crucifixion, out of death, of his soul he shall see. That word, he, that phrase, he shall see and be satisfied is he shall see the light. This is a messianic prophecy of resurrection. Messianic simply means that these are predictions about when Messiah comes and we know Messiah to be Jesus. Here's another one. I'm going to give you two that connects with this passage. This is Psalm 16, verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. This too is another messianic prophecy of what would happen to Messiah. And then Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, picks up on this passage from Psalm 16 and says this, God raised him up, talking about Jesus, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says, and here's what David says in Psalm 16 concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is, my, he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. And here is the quotation from 16, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or Sheol. Or let your Holy One see corruption. 
So the first reason we believe that the resurrection is true, that it's plausible, that it's credible, that you can put your weight on it, that you can believe it, is because it was predicted way before Jesus came on the scene. It was predicted, his, his life, his birth was predicted, his death was predicted, his resurrection was predicted. So we can actually put our weight on it. Secondly, the personless tomb. The personless tomb confirms the resurrection of Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verses 4 and 6, and looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. The second fact that confirms that Jesus rose from the dead is the empty tomb. Is that that, that they get to the tomb and it's not, it's not occupied. Jesus actually is not there. There are individuals who say, well, they, the body was stolen. Well, we already talked about that. Some individuals say that they came to the wrong tomb, that somehow 48 hours, less than 48 hours prior to this moment, that somehow the individuals, the women and others who buried the Jesus in the tomb somehow forgot where it was. This is Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. It is marked. He knows where the tomb is, and yet they say that they went to the wrong tomb. How else do you explain, how else do you explain the empty tomb if Jesus is not alive? Jesus vacated the tomb. Here's a third, here's a third reason you and I can believe. The appearances of Jesus confirms the resurrection of Jesus. The the appearances of Jesus confirms the resurrection of Jesus. So for 40 days, after Jesus rose from the dead, for 40 days, Jesus actually appeared to his disciples, talked and taught the kingdom of God. In fact, Acts chapter 1, verse 3 says this, to them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs. So Jesus knew that they would make up stories about his resurrection. So he came. He says, I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove that I'm alive. Touch my hands and touch my feet. Put your hand in my side, he says to Thomas. I'm, I'm letting you know that I'm giving you proof that I'm alive. This is not a figment of someone's imagination. The appearances. Here are the number of appearances that Jesus. I'm going to give you. I'm just going to, I'm going to list them. Uh, they'll come up on the screen. He appeared to Mary Magdalene in John 20. He appeared to the other women in Matthew 28, 8 through 10. He appeared to Cleopas and another disciple as they were walking on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. He appeared to the 11 disciples in Luke chapter 24. He appeared to 10 apostles 
minus Judas and minus uh, Thomas in John chapter 20. He appeared to seven apostles in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. He appeared to the disciples on the Mount of Olives as he was getting ready to ascend back to heaven. He appeared to over 500 people at the same time. He appeared to Paul as Paul was on his way to persecute and arrest Christians. He appeared to the apostle Paul. So the appearances actually confirm the resurrection of Jesus. I believe that Jesus rose again from the dead because we have eyewitness accounts. We have eyewitness accounts that they saw him alive after his resurrection. Now, if that wasn't enough, there were, I want to draw your attention to at least one in particular that continues to stomp atheists and skeptics to this day. And that is that Jesus first appeared to women. Well, Marvin, what does that have to do with anything? Well, women occupied the lowest rung on the social ladder. It's evident by this. Here are some of the rabbinic expressions. Sooner let the words of the law be burned than delivered to and by women. Here's another one. Happy is he whose children are male, but woe to him whose children are female. Here's a second. The testimony of women, they were regarded as worthless, and they were not even permitted to testify in the court of law. So if this was made up, if this was fictional, if I'm writing the story, guess what? I am the hero of the story. The men are the hero of the story because the men are on the higher social ladder. But the gospel writers just simply said what happened. And what they said happened, Jesus appeared to the women first. And the women took the message to the disciples. The women were the first preachers of this message, the heralds of this message. And if it was being made up, the men would have been the ones who told the story, not the women. This is one of the reasons I believe the resurrection is true because Jesus placed it in the hands of women to share this good news with the rest of the disciples. Eyewitnesses were still alive during this time. Paul talked to them. Luke talked to them. And so we have post, these post-resurrection appearances. They are convincing and they are credible because they were still alive. Some of them were still alive even when Paul and Luke interviewed them. And then finally, the last reason I believe the resurrection is credible, the last reason I believe the resurrection is believable, the last reason I believe the resurrection is plausible is because transformation confirms the resurrection. Transformation confirms the resurrection. How else do you explain one person going in one direction and then all of a sudden they now go in another direction? 
James, Jesus' brother, Jesus' younger brother, he did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He did not believe that Jesus was God. He did not believe that Jesus was Messiah. But after the resurrection, James became one of the greatest leaders of the Christian church. How else do you explain that unless he had an encounter with the risen Christ and the risen Christ changed him? The apostle Paul was on his way to arrest and persecute Christians. And all of a sudden, on his way to persecute Christians, he had an encounter with the living Christ. And after that encounter with the living Christ, he literally went around the known world preaching the gospel, planting churches. Thirteen of the New Testament books that we have, Paul wrote them. How else do you explain that? unless there was a deep transformation and encounter with the living Christ. I don't have to call Paul. I don't have to call James, but I can call other witnesses in the room. How else do you explain that you were far from God and then you met him through the gospel and now your life is different? You're singing songs that you never sang before. You're now praying to a God that you didn't believe in. You're reading the Bible that you said that you didn't believe in. How else do you explain your transformation if it were not for a living Christ how else do you explain how else do you explain a marriage that was once broken now is healed how else do you explain a heart that was broken that is now healed how else do you explain someone who's experienced trauma and now they're experiencing peace unbelievable peace fiction can't do that Fantasy can't do that. Myths can't do that. The fact of Jesus' resurrection can. Listen, the believable, unbelievable has happened. Jesus rose from the dead. And if the unbelievable has happened, I am convinced that the unbelievable can happen to you today. The unbelievable has happened. Jesus rose again. But the unbelievable can happen. If you have an anger problem, I believe the living Christ can address that. If you have a fear problem, I believe that the living Christ can handle that. If you have a trauma problem, I believe the living Christ can handle that. Yes, the sin problem, if you are under the weight of your sin, we have a Christ who died on the cross and who was buried in a grave and who rose again, and he can take your sins away and forgive you. The unbelievable has happened. So I believe the unbelievable can happen in your life today. He can give you a brand new start today. Sin's gone. Have a a relationship with our Heavenly Father. But I believe also the resurrection helps us to cope with death. 
How else do you explain some of these early Christians who died and were martyred and they looked death in the face and they smiled at death because, why? Because they knew that the living Christ, they would see Jesus again because they trusted him. And if you're here today and you're wrestling and struggling with death, it is only through the death and resurrection of Jesus that you and I can face not only tomorrow, but even face the pangs of death. So you and I, the resurrection is credible. It's believable. Let me see if I can at least try to illustrate this because there are some people here today, you need to make a decision about who Jesus is. You've been fighting it, fighting it. You need to make a decision about who he is and if the resurrection is true. So let me try to explain this as quickly as possible. That when you and I are born, there's a gap between us and God. That, that we, don't, we, don't, we don't wake up going after God. And over here, we kind of live our own lives, we do our own thing, and we live according to our own agenda. And God is over there saying, I love you, and I'm trying to invite you into something. I'm trying to help you to live like I, I designed you to live. And so, but there's a gap, there's something wrong, there's a chasm that exists between us and God, and that chasm is sin that separates us from God. That there is no amount of going to church, there's no amount of reading the Bible, there's no amount of good things we can do to actually bridge the gap. And we try to put all kinds of flimsy things across here to, flim to, to bridge the gap. And then God sent his son, and his son died, and his son was raised again on the third day. And you say, I, I hear that, Marvin. I hear that. I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to believe it. Some of you are at this point right now. You, like, you're so close, but will it hold me? Will it hold my sins? Will it, will it hold all the stuff that I've gone through? Will it hold my doubts and my fears? Will it hold my trauma? Will it hold all the stuff that I've gone through? And you get very, very close, and, you know, you, you got those quads going, and, you know, this is good for your core, too. So you're, like, right here, and it's like, ah, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. And another, another Easter comes. He said, this, this Easter, I'm, I, uh, uh, nope, I'm not going to do it. But if you truly believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he died and rose again, this is what faith looks like. This is what faith looks like. <laughs> this is what it means to trust Jesus. Why? Because, friends, his death, his burial, his resurrection is strong enough to hold anything you have. 
It's strong enough to hold your broken marriage. It's 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 strong enough to hold your fear and anxiety. It's strong enough to to hold your alcoholism and your drug addiction. It's strong enough to hold anything that you have right now. The tears that you've shed this past year, the cross and the empty tomb is strong enough to hold your, your broken career. Some of you are trying to make a decision, do I, do I go, do I chase the money or do I chase Jesus? Strong enough. He rose again from the dead. Today is a day for you to give your life to him, to trust him. Trust him with your future. Trust him with your death. Trust him with the the fear of death. Resurrection is credible. We can put all of our weight on it because it's true. It's true. So I'm gonna, I'm I'm like I like I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna invite us to pray. And I'm not gonna pray a prayer. I'm just gonna simply ask you to tell God what's in your heart right now. First of all, if you are a follower of Jesus, I hope this confirms and reconfirms your faith and you can tell other people about him. But if you're not a a follower of Jesus and you're like, "I, I don't follow Jesus. Today is a good day to say, God, I don't, I don't fully get all of what he said, but I feel you tugging at my heart. And I'm going to just simply pray, and as you, you pray in your own way, and just asking God to, to disrupt your life right now. That's a good word. It sounds like a violent word, but it's a good word. The gospel disrupts our lives. And so if, if you are not a follower of Jesus, but you desire to take that step of faith, Just tell God, God, here I am, I'm broken, I'm broken, I'm far from you. That that gap, I recognize your son has filled that gap, and I'm going to sit on the board today. I'm going to sit on by faith. I'm going to sit on with all of my weight, with all of my future, with everything in me. I am going to sit on the crucifixion and resurrection. That's the hill I will die on. So let me pray for us. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the crucifixion of your son. Thank you for his resurrection. It is, in fact, the linchpin. It is the hinge point. It is the hill that we die on. He rose again, and we place all of our weight on that. Father, there are people here who are who are really, really taking, they, they want to take that step of faith, and I pray that you just simply nudge them across the line of faith and, um, and that they would trust you today. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as the worship team sings, now some of you might say, you might want to trust Jesus and pray that prayer while they're singing this song. I think that's a great time to do it. And, um, yeah, he is risen. He is risen indeed. We can place all of our weight 
on the truth of the resurrection.
His name is the only name. The Bible says every, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you for joining us uh, today on this Resurrection Weekend 2023. If you want someone to pray with you, if you want to talk to someone about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus, the elders and leaders, uh, prayer team members will be up front uh, to pray with you. Uh, I would invite you back next week to join us uh, as we talk about what is Jesus doing now? He rose from the dead. What is he doing now? Is he just in, in heaven just kind of chilling? What is he doing right now? And you don't want to miss because what he's doing now affects your life today as well. God bless you. Blessings on you. Have a great rest of the weekend. We love you.